What up, guys? Welcome back to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. Today, I have another guest join me, my good friend and former college teammate, Mike Kaufman. Mike Kaufman's a the founder of Better Bounce, a online vertical training program um, at Better Bounce on Instagram, where he's built up quite the platform of basketball players following him along his journey of becoming a better jumper and a better basketball player altogether. He's an incredible leaper, man. He, he's six foot, but does some of the most incredible dunks you'll see. But he's also a well-rounded basketball player, man. He, he played college ball. He played overseas professionally. So he's a well-rounded athlete. And we talk about a lot. We talk about how he started with better mounts, how he kind of got going. We talked about how he obtained mastery within jumping. He gives us some tangible tips on how he can jump better today. We talk about recovery. We, Me and him are kind of big on recovery and taking care of our bodies. So we talk about jumper's knee and then his approach to that in general. We talk about his mission with his brand, and then we talk about some business. It was awesome for me to be able to try to share with you guys Mike's insight on how to increase your vertical jump. Um, And Mike's approach to vertical jumping can kind of be applied to anything you want to master in life, whether it's your jump shot, whether it's any other skill outside of basketball. Mike's approach to anything he wants to learn is kind of um, is, is heard through this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy. We close the podcast out with some talks about just growing, growing his brand and growing his business, which I'm super interested in, um, personally, and I had to follow my curiosity there. So I hope you enjoy that. And, uh, this is one of my favorite podcast episodes, man. My good friend, Mike, he's an awesome dude who does some awesome things. Um, living a really authentic and hardworking and genuine life that inspires me for sure. And I'm, I'm just stoked he was able to hop on the podcast and we were able to do this. So I hope you guys enjoy. If you guys do enjoy my podcast and this episode in particular, please give me a five-star rating on the Apple iTunes app. Um, Those ratings really help me out in getting new guests and give me some credibility in the podcast world. Um, Without further ado, though, please enjoy my conversation with my good friend, former college teammate, and founder of Better Bounce, Mike Kaufman. Mikey Koff, thanks for hopping on the podcast, my man. What's going on, man? How's it going? It's good, dude. I got I have to shout you out because you're, uh, I have to say this is in your intro. Like without Better Bounce, Mind Body Hoops would not have been created. I think it was the same summer that we both kind of stepped away from college hoops together. And uh, you had started Better Bounce and I was like, holy shit, he's really doing this. He's like really creating a, uh, a platform. And I kind of like saw that and I was like, I got to... I got to take my talents and kind of do a similar thing. And you were the first person to like pave the way and show me that it was possible. And I appreciate you, man. So without you, there was, there would be no mind body hoops. <laughs> appreciate that. So it's, it's only right that I have on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, exactly. Uh, let's hop right into it, dude. How, how'd better bounce come about? Yeah. So better bounce came about when I was in Israel uh, playing overseas. I had like a lot of free time. Um, and honestly, it's like when you when you get out of college, everyone has their first job and everyone's like, um, you know, becoming a professional and, you know, advancing. And although I was like living my dream playing basketball, I, did, I felt like, you know, um, as my professional resume, I wasn't taking any steps forward. So I thought like, what, what am I like an expert at? What can I like try to monetize? And I thought about how people always ask me how, how to jump higher. And, you know, it'd be great to help these people, but it'd be great to help them and be able to scale it so I could help a lot of people um, and maybe charge a little bit of money um, and hopefully make some money or, you know, and, re- and monthly recurring re- revenue as well. So, you know, it started as like an idea. And honestly, I didn't believe in it as much as I should have in the beginning. Um, but yeah, so I started it in, in Israel. 
Um, so it's been since 2015. I want to say September 2015 is when it was founded. Um, and now, you know, we're almost in 2019. So it's, it's actually been, wow, it's been a long time, three and a half years. Yeah, so. it's, it's adding up. And so for the people that don't know, that don't follow Mike, it's Better Bounce. It's, uh, it started as a vertical leap training program on Instagram, at Better Bounce, where he basically... You take your, you know, it started from you just showing like, hey, this is how high I jump. If you want to, if you want to jump this high, like check out my workout programs. But now it's kind of evolving into, uh, I guess it's kind of more rounded because you're a real, well-rounded basketball player, man. It's like you got your skills training and can show you playing pickup. And for me, playing basketball with you is like this guy can actually hoop. He can shoot. He can do everything. And also he's a good dunker. So it's funny to see people kind of sometimes narrow you down as just a dunker, but I'm glad you're evolving into the more well-rounded basketball player because that's what you really are. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and and yeah, like the truth is I'm obsessed with jumping and dunking, but I'm more obsessed with like the game of basketball and the craft as a whole. Um, but, you know, I approach Better Balance just like any like business owner would approach their business like if you know if you're just doing if you're just doing one thing then you're only capturing one type of audience but if you can do if you can expand it um to a lot of different things then you can get a bigger audience and that's really how you can grow grow a brand and and, and scale so that's that's really my my mindset with it totally so i'm gonna jump right at you because everybody like I get this question. I always just point them to you. I'm like, I can't answer this. So I'm going to ask you what you probably get asked all the time. Like, dude, how do you get your vert up? How do you get so good at jumping? What was your, before you better bounce, like how did Mike Kaufman get really good at, at dunking? Yeah. So it's, it, I mean, it's a complicated question. People think that it's, you know, just a simple thing. Uh, but the truth is, you know, depending on your age and the type of athlete you are, like everyone could, you know, everybody might need something different. Uh, and that's why I have like five different programs to try to cater to that. Um, but I mean, basically as a young kid, I was just jumping all the time. And I think for young kids that, you know, have a big dream to dunk one day, um, they should be, you know, they should be jumping all the time. You know, I was the kid that, you know, as soon as I could like touch the rim, I was always trying to touch the rim, trying to grab the rim, you know, when I could touch the backboard, touch the backboard. So jumping a lot is just big part of it and, and and as you jump a lot your body kind of learns how to improve um, as you get older and you start to get to the weight room there's more sophisticated ways to do it um, and then as you get older now I'm 26 years old I'm actually like I, I can't jump so much because you know it's tough on my body so the way I my approach now is so different than it was when I was like 18 mm. um, but I would say just you know one principle to take away from this podcast is you know if if you are in the range of like whatever 16 17 to 25 um and, and you and you started in the weight room um you can you you can start to look at your jump and, and and your strength and use like squatting as an example it's like squat is a good uh a good exercise to measure strength so if someone comes to me and they're like yo i can squat 400 pounds but my vert is pretty bad i'd be like well you should probably try to just maintain your strength and really work on plyometrics, um, so, which is like variations of jumping exercises. Oh, okay. That's what I was going to yeah. ask. What is plyometrics? Yeah. So plyometrics, I mean, essentially, so vertical jumping is how much force you can put in the ground in a very short period of time. So it's like if you're really strong, um, but you're not good at, at, at like converting force into the ground fast, you won't jump high. Um I always had like decent strength, but I feel like the reason I jump well is because I can 
you know, converts the strength, converts the strength into the, uh, the force into the ground fast. Um, so I always felt like if I could stay healthy and get my strength up, then I could improve my vert. Um, but I would say, look at those two things, you know, and then if you feel like you're jumping well, but you've kind of plateaued, you know, maybe you need to add some strength um, to your workouts and, and maybe you need to hop on a better bounce program. So what are you, what do you think are you like your most frequently asked questions in terms of like how to jump higher in terms of specifics? Like I'm sure everybody hits you with the general, how do I jump higher? And you kind of give him your spiel, but are there any specifics you get frequently? Um, honestly, like a lot of the questions are broad because I think people misunderstand, um, you know, what it takes. Like there, there's no, there's no one way to jump, to jump higher. I would say, I would say the real key is to just have a program that, you know, has like some strength training or some plyometrics, um, and definitely some time to rest. And you just got to stick to it. You got to stick to it for like, I would say anywhere from six to 12 weeks to see any type of improvement. And, and that's really, that's really the key to anything is like, you just got to be consistent with it. So after two weeks of doing it and you don't see any progress, you, you, you know, you just got to keep going. So um, and you know, people ask me, what's the quick way? What's the quick way? It's like, there's no quick way. Like yeah. it, it, it just takes a long time. And it's, um, just, it's the same answer for developing a jump shot. Like there's no one way. There's so many facets to developing like a really lethal jump shot, exactly. but there, yeah. but there are things that you teach that are like, yeah, there's things you can teach about a jump yeah. shot that will for sure help your jump shot. And so if you can stick to foundational learning things that yes. will, will no matter what help you, they, they might be, not be the perfect thing to make you the best shooter or the best jumper of all time. But if you can do things like consistently over and over that you know will help you, that's like a huge key. Is there, is there any like low hanging fruit? So I, I love asking for low hanging fruit. So I, I can't jump for shit. What would you tell me, like, Max, here's two to three things you can do today that will help you become a better jumper? Like, obviously, I have to do them consistently, so I'm not asking for quick fixes. But are, yeah. there, are there anything you can tell me to do, like, right now? Yeah, so I would say, one, I would say, like, film, film yourself jumping in, like, slow motion and take a look at it. Um, and one thing off the bat that can actually add interest to your vert that some people don't do well enough um, is the ar arm swing. So... Look at your approach. Like, are you fully utilizing the arm swing? Are you bringing your arms back and using them to help you elevate off the ground? Um, that's something that is quick and you can start working on right away. Um, the other thing is the pendulum step. step, step. I said we say it wrong. <laughs> um, but basically, well, it depends if you're a one foot or two foot jumper. But um, if you're a two foot jumper, there's a, there's a big step you take before you take off. Uh, and this is something I want to work on. Mine is pretty, mine's not a very short, it's a very short step. Um, but I, you know, looking at other great jumpers, they have a much uh, longer step and it helps them get a little more momentum to raise up. Um, so I, I, I would, I, I would one, work on the arm swing. Two, look at jumpers that are similar to you. So if you're a one foot jumper, there's tons of pro dunkers out there and NBA players that you can find that jump similar to you um, and try to, you know, break it down and, and use some of their techniques. And I would say the third thing is, you know, just to get get into the consistent routine um, and, and make sure you're jumping. And, and if you're having trouble, if you're getting up around the rim and you're having trouble dunking, you know, I would work on maybe low rim dunks um, because sometimes I forget how technical just dunking is. 
and like I've been around guys that jump higher than me, but mm. can can barely windmill um, and things like that. So I'm like, oh wow, like dunking. This guy jumps higher than me, but I'm a better dunker than him. So um, I would say those are like the three things. You know, work work on the footwork, and then uh, and then within basketball, you know, depending on your angle or your drive, you know, there's all different types of ways to jump. Even just to you know have layups and different finishes. So I would I would watch, you know, guys that are really great finishers, whether it's guys that are dunking or laying it in like Kyrie, and, and watch their footwork, um, and how they and, and how they finish. There's so um, and and and, uh, and also mimic those in your training as well. There's so much value in like recording yourself, whether whatever it is, and and picking it apart, and then watching the people you like and trying to like bridge the gap. So I like that. But you said. Um, you're 26 now. You're 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 not hitting the hump. I wouldn't say you're still in your prime, but you have to take more care of your like your recovery, and you can't jump the same as you did when you're 18. So that like draws my attention because I've I feel like that. I feel like I've had an old man body for the last few years <laughs> as it is, and uh, like I do feel like if I'm jumping over and over, I can feel it in my back and my my knees. So I do imagine that the recovery side of of jumping is huge because you do have to stay kind of pliable and flexible to be able to bounce like that. Um, what's your, what's your recovery and stretching routine kind of look like, dude? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I've struggled, I've struggled in the past with like patellar tendonitis, which is like ju- jumper's knee, which is something that a lot of jumpers will end up having. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, Cause I get questions about jumper's knee and I've even felt that start to develop. So how do you first off like tackle jumper's knee? Yeah. So jumper's knee is also complicated because there's a ton of different reasons why someone could have it. But like I could have it for a different reason than you have it. Uh, but but overall, it's, you know, an overuse injury. It's it's when the patellar tendon, which is the tendon that goes like over your kneecap, it, connect, it connects your quad to your like sh- to your like leg bone below your knee, your shin bone. Um, and basically when that gets too much of a load, um, you know, it could cause it could cause it to be inflamed and aggravated. Um, but you know, I always like to look at, you know, and it's like, what can you do? You can ice and rest, right? But, but icing and resting isn't really solving the problem. Like, obviously, maybe you're jumping too much, but I've had it where I know I'm not jumping too much. Like, I, I'm only jumping like one or two days a week and it, it, it's, it's not too much. So what is going on? And then it could be a numerous of things. Like, in the past, I've had it. If you have like tight calves or tight hamstrings or weak hamstrings, because a lot of times jumpers have strong quads, but we forget about the back of our legs. So a lot of times just strengthening your hamstring can help take the load off the front of your front of your knee because you, if you, you know, you're using the, the posterior part of your leg a little bit more, it can help. Mm. So it could be it could be mobility, it could be flexible, you know, flexi- flexibility. Um, and, I, and of course, like I'm learning new things all the time. Um, and I've actually gone to physical. I've gone. I, I met a great physical therapist in New York who, you know, who's taking me through different things to help. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do, but there are some key stretches um, that you can do. One, one stretch that I would recommend that I can just say right now is uh, it's called like the couch stretch, and basically it's like it, it stretches your rectus femoris, which is like your upper quad muscle, which is like a hard muscle to stretch with just a normal quad stretch. Mm. Um, so you can probably YouTube it, just like rectus femoris stretch, and you'll find it. Um, but basically you, you put your leg back like against the couch and you're kind of in like a uh, lunge, um, uh, and you just want, and you want to feel it in that upper quad. And, mm. and, and usually that helps people right away. Is that the one where you, um, you kind of put your knee down, you put your left foot as a, like a lunge yeah. and then you put your foot yeah. on top of the couch. 
Yeah, exactly. That 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 is like I do that pretty much every day. Like I definitely want to feel, you know, flexible with that yeah. every single day. And then you know, there's other things you can do. Yeah, the, as the, well. The stretching is so important. I get the jumpers knee question all the time, and all I can kind of say is like because I'm not an expert and I haven't dove as deep as you. I just keep telling them, like, make sure your hamstrings, quads, and, and calves are as loose as possible to not put any necessary, unnecessary strain on your on your joints. But, I mean, the jumping for me, man, even just playing jumping and, like, the, the small training I do for vertical, it, it, it definitely takes that tear on your back and knees. So the recovery is so important. Um, yeah. So... Dude, Better Bounce is doing its thing, man. You're almost at 50,000 followers, and it's been incredible to see, especially this past year. It's been, like, explosion. Um, not to say that you blew up, because this has been a slow, steady, not slow, but steady and consistent grind. First of all, congrats on, like, the level you've reached, and I know this is, like, you're still just scratching the surface, but let's talk about Better Bounce in general, man. Like, what's what's the mission of Better Bounce? Like, where are you going? What's your ethos? Like, tell me about your mindset in terms of Better Bounce. Yeah, so I mean, this is something I think about all the time, um, and it's a it's a, it's it's a little restricted at times because I do have a full time job, so sometimes things have to be put on the back burner. Um, but I mean, my goal for better balance is to definitely have more products. So you know, I want to have you know a ball handling program, a shooting program, maybe even a defensive program. You know, like even because I'm making content around all aspects of the game. So it'd be great if I could create training, online training for everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but o- overall, um, better balance, you know, I, at this point is to be, you know, hate to say this, but, you know, a social influencer. So, you know, someone that, you know, young aspiring basketball players want to follow because they know if they follow better balance, they're going to get like technical tips on how to become better, how to train better. Um, you know, also stay motivated um, to be inspired. Um, and I definitely want to be that person more so for even like the underdog athletes, the ones that maybe got cut from their, you know, JV team their freshman year and, you know, want to come back and try to make it the next year. Or the ones that, you know, put themselves in a box like, oh, well, I'm a 5'11, you know, whatever type of kid. So I, I probably won't ever be able to do anything. Um, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, depending on their race or ethnicity or size, you know, with basketball, you count yourself out. And I'm not saying that, you know, don't don't be a realist because maybe you can make the NBA. Like we all know how hard that is to make the NBA. But, you know, I can say from my past experiences, um, you know, I was always put in a box and and I was able to, uh, you know, play in college, which was amazing and then play overseas. And I didn't make a million dollars, but I feel like I'm so happy that I didn't count myself out when I was 15 and I kept going with it. And it's been the most rewarding thing. And I've been able to start better bounce because of it. Um, So that's my goal is to just the people that put themselves in a box to help them see that they don't need to be in there. They can go out, get out. Um, And then on the business side, I definitely want to do more brand partnerships. And I think I've done a really good job, you know, with my following, being only like a micro influencer with 50,000 followers, being able to work with some cool brands like The Art of Sport, which is Kobe Bryant's new um, company for athletes where he has like deodorants and shampoos and things like that. Like I have a nice partnership with them, along with working with Nike, which has been really cool. Um, Just did a little campaign for the Kyrie Fives, getting to test out some of the sneakers. 
and yeah, that, that's another thing. I you know I wanna I wanna basketball, yeah, I would love I would love to talk about that because first of all, yeah. what you said is in, is crucial. Like you're a six foot white guy who can dunk the ball better than anybody I know, and like to see you inspire kids and being like, yo, I'm not that tall. I'm not like no one would look at me and say this guy can jump out of the gym, but you can you can jump out of the gym. And so to watch you inspire people through just like consistency and like showing people that mastery takes time has been insane. But also it's been insane for my eyes. You know, I've known you forever. So this is what you post and all that stuff is is great, but it's not, it's nothing new to me. Like that's Mike Kaufman. I get that. But what's been insane to see is like the business side of what you've done and the consistency of what you've done and then the partnerships that you've done in such an authentic and kind of a seamless way. And I remember talking to you before kind of a little bit about your business development process and how you reach out to brands, but I would love to hear that maybe one more time just because it, it just kind of showed me like, you know, Mike Kaufman's not just like waiting around for people to come to him and be like, hey, work with me. Like you, you take initiative towards what you want in all aspects. And I think the business development side of things is like just one example of that. So like, how do you go about working with new brands? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of view Better Balance as like a startup company where, but, it, but I'm kind of the, the sales team, the talent, the video editor. The, <laughs> I feel I'm, like. I, I'm, I'm like the social team, the content team, the sales team, the brand partnership team all in one. But it's really cool that I, it, it is so dynamic, even though it, it can kind of seem so simple from the surface. Um, but, but essentially, like, you know, for me, I know it's a challenge to work with brands. I know it's a challenge to, you know, get brands to spend money, um, especially when you have, you know, only 50,000 followers. Um, but, you know, I treated, I, I treat, treated uh, brand outreach as like a sales, like I was on the sales team and I got to make cold calls or cold emails and you know pitch pitch my company you know why you know what what i'm all about why they should roll with me um and, and it, honestly it's quite easy because um you know i only reach out to brands or products or companies that i'm passionate about and that i really want to use and i really want to show my audience like yo like this product is dope or you know i actually eat these i actually drink these protein shakes after workout workouts and stuff like that so um but yeah i mean I'll, I'll set time. I'll set time aside during the week to try to reach out to you know new brands that I'm into, and and, and you know <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of companies have not written me back, but yeah. some some have, and I've been able to you know put together some paid partnerships or some other partnerships that you know are really valuable um, for me. You know, and one of them being Nike um, and getting to work with them and really show really because basketball is such a culture and my whole life i've been so obsessed with with the culture you know between the music the sneakers the feel you know watching basketball movies like he got game or documentaries like there's just something about basketball and and, and the whole country is really picking up on it now because it's so popular and on, on on social media basketball is so strong um so i'm kind of lucky in that sense um that there is a real audience for what i'm doing yeah. Um, and you've definitely said like uh, better balance is almost your way to be a professional athlete beyond like what you did. Like you did play professionally overseas, but now you're kind of having the, the opportunity to extend your career and you literally almost are a professional athlete. Like, you know, in the modern era, you are like a professional athlete now in terms of the audience you have and the influence you're making. And so to be able to work with a, a company like Nike is just like the epitome of 
of the kind of company you want to work with. But what I think stands out to me, you have a full-time job at Overtime, you know, one of the dopest basketball startups out right now and making huge moves. And like the, the fact that you're part of that alone is sick. You have a, this huge um, following with Better Bounce and then you're still making time. You know, you say you schedule in a day of the week where you're sending out hundreds of messages to brands you want to work with. Um, and you're just knocking on doors, dude, like knocking on doors until like someone answers. Like you said, some of the people aren't answering. And so I can take that and be like, yo, Max, like get your shit together. Like if you want to work with brands, you got to start knocking way more because this dude, Mikey Koff, he's asking around, man. And like, that's what stands out to me is that you can have your, you can be filled up to the brim with shit you're doing in terms of like better bounce and overtime and keep creating content, but you're still making the time to reach out to brands to make sure that you're like becoming this well-evolved athlete that you want to become. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, as far as reaching out and asking for stuff, like you really have nothing to lose. Um, you have nothing to lose. So, you know, I recommend, I recommend doing it for any people, you know, with small businesses or, you know, uh, trying to grow their Instagram account. So because it's, it's, yeah. So talk to me about when we were uh, playing college ball together, you roll into videography and we talked briefly about this before, but I want to touch on it now. Like you were doing videography just for fun and, and you were studying business. Can you talk to me a little bit how you're like your, your passions aligned and you had, it seemed like you didn't really like necessarily go into anything saying like, this is exactly what I want to do. But you were one of those people that like showed their authenticity and like didn't really care about how the fact that they were a basketball player, but they were a videographer and you were doing all these things that didn't seem like seem like they were connected but you know five years later i can look at you and say like all those things all the dots align just because you passionately put yourself in all these different situations and um i think that's just, a lot of people can take away from that like follow your interests follow your passions and, and just hope kind of with hard work discipline and, and knocking on enough doors that they'll all connect one day so how'd that kind of look for you in terms of like connecting your worlds with basketball business videography creative and all that yeah so i mean yeah, I mean, basketball, obviously, I, I, I put majority of my time into basketball growing up. So, you know, when the career is over, it, it's tough. And I know Max can relate to this and lots of other people can, too. Um, and, I, and I was just so in love with the craft of basketball um, that I just needed to figure out a way to keep basketball in my life and to use it as a way to get my foot in the door places. Um, so being kind of like a basketball junkie, um, and I mean, to, to take a step back here with like video production and stuff, like the only reason I ever started editing videos uh, or shooting any videos was to try to get recruited for college. Like my mom would film all my high school games and I started making, you know, highlight tapes. And I just felt like it came to me really easily. And I've always been a pretty creative person. Um, you know, I always loved music and, you know, and I grew up, luckily for me, I grew up in like the YouTube era where YouTube started to become a thing and like Ball is Life and Hoop Mixtape and these mixtape companies showed like, oh, wow, like we're going to put dope music. We're going to, you know, make this aesthetically look pleasing and we're going to cover everything you want to see, crossovers and dunks, you know, et cetera. Yeah. So, and, 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 and YouTube gave everyone a platform where it's like, holy shit, like this kid has a camera and he can edit and now he's famous. Um, so I think all that kind of stuff inspired me and, you know, I would always experiment doing music videos, uh, for artists. And, you know, like you said, in college, I was filming, you know, volleyball games, soccer games, making YouTube recaps. I had, I ended up getting an internship at Harvard with Harvard athletics and I was filming their football games and making YouTube recaps. Um, and all this stuff is self-taught and, 
you know, even back then I was like, well, I don't really want to be a video editor. I don't really want to be this. And like, I can still say I don't want to be a video editor, but sometimes you got to take, you know, what you're good at, what interests you to be able to get your foot in the door. Um, so I had these raw video editing skills and this love for basketball, um, you know, and, 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 you know, with a real love for basketball and coming up on social media, you know, knowing what, you know, having a sense of like, what does well on social media, you know, what, what you would post, what you wouldn't post. Um, so using that kind of basketball social media expertise, along with some video editing skills, allowed me to get in the door with a company like Overtime, which now has blossomed over the past two and a half years into an actual career path where video, you know, where like video editing won't even be much of my job moving forward and it'll be more strategy, yeah. things like, and things like that to, to where I, it's, it's not, you know, you, you start very, very, uh, detailed with like, oh, I know basketball and I can do video editing, but then you move on to like, wow, like I work for a media company and I'm thinking strategically, you know, how we should publish and distribute, you know, our content. Um, and, and, and those are things you can take on, you know, to other companies and in your future. That's um, insane. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a sick Go balance ahead. of, uh, you know, the video editing is something that come natural to you, came natural to you. And it was something you were always kind of just good at. But, you know, it wasn't like a major passion. It was just something that you didn't really think twice about. But it was something you, you relatively enjoyed doing. Uh, and you were good at, and then the basketball side of it was like, this is my passion. This is what I want to stick with. And then it's kind of glued together with like a persistence and a discipline to be like, I will develop these crafts. I will follow the consistency. Like we said, like jumping or shooting doesn't happen overnight and neither does like becoming a really good video editor, but you kind of glued together by this discipline and hard work, which I think is kind of like the ethos of, of kind of who you are, which is sick to see. So it's sick to see you kind of work a job where many people would consider it like, yo, he lives the dream life. I know it's not glamorous every day and you, you work your ass off, but it's sick to see kind of everything aligned for you. And I think it's super well, well earned. So what stepping back and talking a little bit more about your audience, what was kind of the, is there something that stands out as like the most difficult part to grow an online audience? Cause you've done it such a good job. You've, you say you kind of have a feel for, what people want to see on social media um, and definitely dunking is an appealing thing, but w was there any unexpected challenges or something that you thought kind of stands out as the hardest part of, of growing this 50,000 person audience? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a grind. It's definitely hard. Uh, a few things I'll say about this is that a lot of people get caught up in the followers um, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I want more followers for sure. But what's really important is, you know, building a community of people that, you know, feel like they know you and, 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 and seeing the engagement, like seeing that you get a lot of comments or that if you ask a question, they'll answer um, and that you're getting likes. So people are really watching your, you know, I see a lot of a lot of uh, accounts out there with way more followers than me, but they get less engagement. Um, so you can't, there's no shortcut to the top. You have to really, you know, you have to set a standard for the type of content you're putting out. You have to stay super consistent. Um, I pretty much post every day, uh, usually five or six times, usually six times a week. Um, so, you know, it's a grind to be able to want, one, stay organized with the content, two, making sure you're doing a variety of different things and making sure you're publishing every day. You know, you, you, using you, using the metrics Instagram provides you, you know, posting at the optimal posting times. Um, 
and then you know something I will talk about that's just advice for social media in general is the platform is always changing um, but you definitely want to create your content optimized for mobile viewing so people are people are scrolling on Instagram and Instagram allows you now to post like vertically like in a five by seven so you know how you have the option to do a square or you have that option to do like a rectangle like mm -hmm. but you also have an option to do a rectangle vertically mm -hmm. where you can expand it to five by seven and i try to keep all my posts at five by seven um and it, and if you if you're next time you scroll on your instagram feed and, you, and you're scrolling down you'll see that the square takes up like a decent amount of uh a decent amount of room on your phone the rectangle, the, the like horizontal post, barely takes up any room on the screen. It'd be so easy to just scroll right past it. But when you post vertically, it takes up almost the whole entire phone on the screen and kind of demands the attention. So you'll at least get some more, you'll at least get some more uh, views like that. So that's just one tip. I, I would say try to post everything vertically on Instagram. It's 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 made it's made for that. Um, and I love you that. Know, I, I, I mean, that's yeah. a hack right there in itself. Like I'm, I'm taking notes over here, bro. And then how do you, uh, how'd you deal with that first, like that transition from people not really knowing the depths of who you were, uh, and then sharing yourself. Like there's, it's definitely been vulnerable even just doing these podcasts and having people hear kind of the thought process of me, but it's like definitely necessary in building a brand. Like how'd you kind of deal with putting yourself out there? And, and like you said, having people, like thousands and thousands of people feel like they know you. How was that process for you? Was it natural or did, did it come with some initial uncomfortability? Yeah, I mean, I'll say it's definitely not always natural. And I'm still, I still have trouble with it. Like when I, uh, like when I'm filming myself, like selfie style on my story, trying to talk to my audience, like I don't feel comfortable doing it. Like I still don't feel comfortable doing it. I still don't do it enough. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to do it more. Um, I try to do it when, when I really have something thoughtful or something that I really want to share. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not, it's definitely not helpful. Um, but I will say through my posts, I've had a little easier time and I think it's just showing like your vulnerability. You know, I don't always, I don't just show when I hit a new dunk or when I'm killing it. Like I'll show missed dunks. I'll show workouts that I'm working on that I'm not that good at yet. Yeah. Um, and, do and, and say like, and say it's a work in progress and, and show and showing that like, I have, I still have so much to work on, but like, we're going to work on it together, you yeah. know? And, I, and, that, and that's kind of how I want it to be. I, and it totally comes through. And do you kind of credit that the fact that you have such great engagement and that, that the fact that you have such an awesome community, because is it because you kind of come from that space of like, we're growing together. Do you, do you credit that too? And, and what else do you maybe accredit? Like the fact that you have such depth with your audience, like you say, you have more engagement than maybe someone with a hundred thousand followers, but you have that depth. Do you, do you think that's kind of wise? Cause you show that side of you that maybe isn't as glamorous, but you kind of work on it with your audience. Yeah. I would say that's a huge part. And then I would say the other part is that, you know, I have an open invitation for DMing me and, and I, D, I DM every single person back, um, you know, whether they tell me that they got cut from their team or when they tell me they, they made a team or whether, you know, I'm trying to pitch them to do one of my programs or whether, you know, they're just a kid from Guatemala who said there's a fan, they're a fan, you know, like I, I respond back to everyone. Um, and, and, and really just being honest and, and, and you know, whether, whether that's, you know, being realistic and saying that I can't guarantee you that this program is going to give you six inches to your vertical because 
you're a different athlete than everyone else, and I don't even know if you're going to do it. Um, and, and so just being like, like with this vertical jump training and selling stuff on Instagram, there's a lot of scamming and a lot of um, you know sales tactics that you know don't have aren't full of integrity. But for me, like, I, w- I want to sell my programs, but you know, it's 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 more it's more about just keeping the brand authentic and you know being honest and, tr- and, tr- and trying to help trying to help kids because you know a lot of, a lot of these kids weren't as lucky to have the resources I had growing up um, and sometimes I take some of that knowledge for granted so it, it's been great to being able to help kids and, and make an influence and you know I'll always make time I mean I'll always make time to DM people back but I know sometimes I can go six days seven days without writing back to someone but yeah i mean if, my best if you check out yeah i mean you got hundreds and hundreds so i think that's a good way to wrap it up man like if people want to check you out definitely recommend checking out mike's uh better bounce vertical programs man it's it's not like learning from someone who is naturally just a crazy athlete like mike taught himself the craft of jumping higher and has put together these 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 programs that will help you get higher higher jumping as long as you have the consistent work ethic and he, he's done a really good job of laying it out so check out mikey cough at better bounds mike man first off before i close you out where can people find you is there anything else you want to add before before i cut you off um no yeah i appreciate it man i have one last thing i just want to close on and that's basically like um you know a lot of people have said that you know saying things out loud can help bring things to reality um, and I, I don't know if I believe that 100%, but I believe that like acting things into reality can make it really come true. So the last thing I'll say is just like, even when I was playing Division three college basketball, which kind of has a social stigma to it in this country as being like low level and like, oh, he went D3. Yeah. But I still, but I still, even when I wasn't even playing much minutes, I, I, I still treated myself and treated my off season like I was a pro which most people would be like, he has no business doing this. But I was still watching, you know, every NBA training video. I was doing research on strength training, recovery, nutrition. And I was really approaching um, my off season like I was already a pro, um, even though I wasn't and I was far from it. But it ended up coming true. So I'm, I'm, my main thing would be, you know, act, act things into reality. You know, if you wanted to be a dunker, if you want to be a high level player, then just act like you already are one. Um, do the things that someone that someone at that high level would do, and then things things could really change uh, for you from there. Um, so that would be my that would be my last thing to say there. But yeah, definitely give me a follow, DM me, um, and yeah, Max, I appreciate you having me on this podcast, man. It's great. I'm looking forward looking forward to doing more stuff with you. Dope, man. I love that. Act as if you're kind of the person you want to be, and and by acting as if you're already there, like there's a good chance you're doing the thing that that person would do. And by doing the thing that that person would do, you slowly become that. So I I love that you closed with that. I didn't expect that, Mike. Dude, I appreciate you again. There would be no mind body hoops without Mikey Kaufman. It's dope to be able to know you on a personal level and to be, you know, former teammates. And now to be able to see you blossom in a different arena has been sick, dude. So I'm excited to keep collaborating and I appreciate you for hopping on the podcast, brother. Awesome. When are you coming to New York? Uh, ASAP. I'm coming ASAP. <laughs> and next time you're in California, I hope there's no fucking wildfires to keep me from uh, <laughs> coming to hoop with you. That yeah. was insane. But uh, thanks for hopping on, brother.
that does it for that episode. Thank you guys for listening. And thanks again to Mike for hopping on the podcast. If you guys enjoy my podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave me a rating. It takes two seconds on the Apple iTunes app. Leave me five stars. Leave me a comment, whatever. Um, The rating really helps me get new guests. And I want to keep bringing cool guests to talk to and and bring value to you guys. So if you guys give me a rating, it would mean the world to me. Um, I appreciate you guys' support and helping me grow this to be as big as it can be and to bring on as many people as I can. So thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And I'm excited to bring some more awesome podcasts in 2019. Love y'all. Later.